0: Hello, 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 and welcome to background noise. This is the show about people behind podcasts, you know, the people that make them and, uh, and what it's like getting them made. Uh, I am Michael McDonough. I am the co-founder and CEO of Anchor. We are a company that makes it easy to make a podcast. And I'm very excited for today's episode because today I'm talking to a podcaster, someone that has multiple podcasts, I think three right now, maybe more actually, uh but beyond that uh she's very special because she is also uh a colleague of mine and she works at anchor and she is the vp of product at anchor which means she's responsible for making all the stuff uh all of the apps and the products that people interact with uh that's all her her name is maya Prahubnik, and uh we had an awesome conversation about all of her podcasts and, and what goes into making them. So without further ado, let me take it away to the interview with Maya. Here we go. All right. Hello. I am here with Maya Prahovnik. She is the VP of product at Anchor, the company that we both work at And she is the host of a bunch of different podcasts. I can't even keep track anymore. Maya, welcome to Background Noise. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to finally be here. I
0: I know. We've been talking about this for a really long time. Um, I've done no preparation, so please forgive me on the lack of uh, prepared questions. Um, Let's get into it. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Have you talked yet about how I was the one who made you make a podcast?
0: Well, I don't know (laughs) if we need to talk about that. Uh, no, we can. So, all right. So, so for those of you who don't know, uh, what Maya does here at Anchor, she basically builds all the stuff that, uh, that, that, that our podcasters use to make their podcasts. So she's responsible for building our apps, our, our web product distribution, pretty much, pretty much everything having to do with the product Maya is responsible for.
1: Yeah. So if you don't like something, it's my fault.
0: (laughs) And, um, (laughs) We made a decision here at the company uh, a while ago that um, to really understand the the struggles and the problems that creators deal with, we we had to be creators ourselves. And i um, i hadn't I hadn't had a podcast in a while, so Maya pushed me to start one. So without her, this podcast probably wouldn't exist.
1: Well, and to be fair, you did you wanted to make a podcast for a long time. You were waiting for our editing tools, or I think background music was the thing, right? <laughs>
0: There were a few things I really yeah. wanted. And
1: I, th- I think that's important. I think that that really, like, when we have those kinds of struggles ourselves, it helps us prioritize those things yeah. in the product.
0: So, all right. So we're talking a lot about uh, Anchor, the product. But I want to talk more about Maya, Maya, the podcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, give us – I would love to hear – I mean, I know your story. But t- talk in your own words just about your journey, uh, I guess – to podcasting, feel free to start as far back as you want.
1: Mm. Well, I was born in 1985. <laughs> um no, I uh, I remember like when I first started working at Anchor, you and I had this whole conversation about how like I wasn't super into listening to podcasts at the time. Um and it certainly had never occurred to me to make my own podcast. Um and I think once I started working here, obviously I started listening to a lot of podcasts. I started thinking about podcasts all the time. Um and um I think maybe a year and a half ago ish a year ago. Um, I, so I had had this, this Stephen King website for a long time where I track all the connections between Stephen King books, um, pretty obsessively. Um, and I had been thinking like, I sort of like get obsessed with different things. And what happens when I get into that mood or that mode is I talk to everyone I know about that thing over and over again. Um, so I was doing that for many years with Stephen King. I was having all these conversations around like, And no one cared. Like I, I would talk to you, for example, and be like, "Oh, I found this crazy thing in a Stephen King book." And you'd be like, "I've never read a Stephen King book." (laughs) Um, But I realized that it, it ended up with all these really funny conversations with my friends. Um, And so uh, I sort of jokingly started a Stephen King podcast a while ago. Um, And my first episode was, uh, we have a book club at Anchor where we sometimes a bunch of us will read the same book at the same time. And I made everyone read The Green Mile for my first podcast episode. So I had on, um, I think it was Brendan, Chris, and Pat from our team um Brendan failed to read the the book so he was just sort of there as a comic relief but um we had he uh, watched
0: the movie at least like could he
1: I think he saw the movie he knew very little about the plot he was you know not very informed but um but it was great and I th- I think something that was cool was we were all so nervous like for me it was my first time I had been on podcast but never done one before um Brendan had done his own but Chris and Pat had never been on podcast before and we all had such a good time just like having a conversation and it was like it was really silly um I, I remember like I uh, uh, I very meticulously planned for that first episode. So I had almost not a script quite, but like really detailed bullets that I wanted to go through because it, it was kind of in the format of a book club. Mm. Um, and that very quickly started feeling boring. And so we went very off script and we were just like, fooling around and joking and swearing Um, and I think that's when I realized how fun podcasting can be because it really comes down to especially if you have a co-host or if you have guests on it comes down to just like having a fun conversation Um, and I you know I feel like that's still the the advice that I give to new podcasters now is like you really have to let yourself just have fun with it because that not only makes it easier to for you to justify the work you're putting into it but it is so much more fun to listen to one that is silly
0: right and now it's like a real podcast. You've done a bunch of episodes. Yeah. You get, I mean, it gets a lot of plays. right? Yeah. people listen to this. Time. Yeah,
1: it, it's been kind of a, um, kind of ridiculous. I uh, so I like I, I feel like I branched out from originally. I was just um, doing episodes with like my friends. My husband was on a lot of the episodes, taking it not seriously at all. I think all. I was on one. You were on one. Um, I
0: think you guys just called me yeah. like one night randomly <laughs> and it was like, "Hey, you're on our podcast."
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I started. So I because I'm in this like I'm. In this kind of Stephen King internet circle, I kind of know people who actually, like, they've met Stephen King or they're actual, um, you know, book reporters or journalists um, or writers themselves. And so I started inviting those people onto the podcast, and I think that kind of helped it level up. Um, because these were suddenly people who had actual insights and interesting stories and it wasn't just me and my friends like making jokes about Stephen King Um, I think both are good but um uh yeah it it gets a surprising number of listens um I I think the hardest part for me with that podcast is it's the it's the one of my three podcasts that I try to edit really heavily because I to me it's like it's longer form and I it's you know my whole deal, um, and I hate editing podcasts. so I actually have right now, I think I have four episodes recorded that oh, I wow. haven't published yet. Um, and I've been sort of like, there's some that need more editing than others or some that are more topical than others. So sometimes I'll like, I'm still trying to do like one episode a month. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm very busy here at Anchor, so I have very little free time. Um, but that's kind of, that's been the hardest part. And I, I think, um, something that we think about a lot is like how to make editing easier because I continue to feel like that is the worst part of podcasting. Yeah,
0: for sure. That's probably the one thing about this episode that I will dread the most. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, all right. So, you, you've gotten on great guests. It sounds like people that you admire.
1: Oh yeah. How,
0: how have you done that? And I guess who who have you been the most excited about?
1: Yeah. So, um, I think, um, probably the one that I was the most excited about so far. Um, there's this guy, um, John Saavedra who he works for Den of Geek, and he's like the Stephen King expert at Den of Geek. So, um, I've what, been. And what is Den of Geek? It's a. It's just a. It's like a. Are they still called blogs? It's like an online publication that um, they talk about like geeky things. And one of the categories is Stephen King. Um, And especially now because Stephen King has been having this whole reconnaissance. It's like, you know, Um, but so he's someone who I followed on Twitter for an extremely long time. And I like I love all of his reviews and I always read his stuff. And, you know, I I don't think I had ever really like talked directly to him much before. Um, And he wrote I think it was when Castle Rock was coming out. um, He wrote a review of it. And I DM'd him and was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing an episode. And he was like, I would love to. And something that I've found is like, people especially in like niche communities like stephen king nerds um you you rarely get asked to talk about it like so every person that i've reached out to who i'm not already good friends with they're like i would love to talk about stephen (laughs) king for an hour because no one ever asked them to do that um so i think he was he was my favorite and he had like all of this insight into it was before the show came out and we we watched the um the screeners and he had all these kind of like um all this hidden knowledge of the show before it came out um and then i have like there's a bunch of people on my wish list that I'm kind of like, I want to reach out to them soon, but I'm, I don't know. It's like, it's scary, you yeah. know, it's like, who's on the wish list. Um, there's this one guy, it, it, there's this one guy named Grady Hendricks, who I was on a podcast with before we were both talking about horror movies. And um, he is, he, so when I record my Stephen King episodes, one of the things I do, I always read the book and then I go and like sort of do some research and see what other people have said about the book and its connections and all that stuff. Um, and Grady writes this series, um, I think it's called it's either rereading Stephen King or something like that where he's like rereading every single book. And his takes on the book on the books are so like intellectual and interesting. And he has such deep like I I am a Stephen King super fan, but I'm like an idiot. Like, I don't know all the, <laughs> all, the, all the real facts behind it. And he's like, so knowledgeable about the whole industry. And so he's able to like tie together all these connections that I would never think of. Um, so I would love to like, just Talk to him for. You should reach out to him. I what know. Are, what, are you, what are I, you waiting I know. for? I am trying to like. I'm trying to get uh, get brave enough to do it. But so he's one of the ones. Obviously, like I would love at some point to get like a Stephen a Stephen King, like someone related to him. Have
0: you reached out to him?
1: No, I'm terrified. I can't. Well,
0: how would you reach out to Stephen King? Like, so, what would be your like? Would you try to get in touch with his publicist? Would you just.
1: So I think his son, Joe Hill, is actually pretty responsive to people on Twitter. So that's one possible avenue. Um, And I know some people who kind of know him. Um, I've also been thinking, like, so there's this woman. um, I think her name is Bev Vincent. And she is his, I don't know, assistant or something. Like, she she works very closely with him. And she has written all the, like, Stephen King. Like, she wrote the Dark Tower, um, uh, like, the whatever it's called, like, the encyclopedia about the Dark Tower. And she seems like somebody who's, like, she's not so famous that maybe she gets this a lot right, right. Um, so I don't know I've been thinking about it but I'm like I'm this is interesting though
0: like this is the thought process that goes through a podcaster's mind when they're like how do I get this guest I on know. my show
1: and honestly like the the advice that I should probably take is what I would tell someone else which is like just reach out to them because everyone loves being asked to be on a podcast right. Like,
0: also if you reach out to Stephen King and he says no at least now you're on his radar and maybe he does it again does it sometime in the future totally. when you or ask him he passes again passes it on to someone right, else but, yeah yeah
1: I, you should just do it. I think he probably gets a lot of mail. I don't know <laughs> if you would see it, but no, I, I do. And I, I think on the on the flip side of that, the other thing that I always tell people is if you love a podcast and you're like feeling shy about reaching out to let them know, like you really should do it. I get like maybe... Once a month, I get an email from someone who has somehow discovered my Stephen King podcast and they send me, it's always like a super long email and that like, because they have thoughts about, you know, I often get things wrong on my podcast, so (laughs) they're correcting me or they're just saying like how funny it is or they're saying, not that it's that funny, but I think like if if you're, if you're someone who's so obsessed with Stephen King, I think it's just like a cool thing to be able to listen to somebody just enthusiastically talk about it. Anyway, so I, I get those emails and they like, I cannot tell you like that I think is the thing that. I love making my podcast. It's a lot of work. And the thing that motivates me to keep going is those people. Um, so if you are thinking about reaching out to a podcaster, I would do it because I cannot imagine them not being thrilled to hear that, that that you like what they're doing.
0: So you have these random people that email you once a month. You have listeners. How did that happen? I mean, Steve, I like to <laughs> so your point, the Stephen King uh, community is, is like a niche community, it sounds like. Like, have you, have you promoted the podcast? Have you put it out there or did it just sort of organically get yeah. discovered through keywords and search and that sort of thing? I think
1: it's a little of both. I definitely, so I promote it um, relatively heavily on my Twitter. Um, and I think part of it is like I already, I don't have a huge Twitter following, but I have, a, you know, like a few thousand people following me on Twitter. And I think the people who follow me follow me because of the things that I'm obsessed with. So hmm. it's like they know I talk about zombies and Stephen King and podcasting and whatever it is. Um, so I think I've kind of built these little communities of people around that. Um, reality TV shows. Is yep. one. Um, But so I think that was that kind of let me like get a little bit of, of a bump at the start. And then my theory is I actually so I get most of my plays from Spotify, which hmm. I think is really interesting. Interesting. And something that um, I mean, Spotify is clearly playing around with like how their how they're how they're displaying podcasts and how their search results work but something that i've noticed works sometimes depending on you know which version of spotify you're using um sometimes like when you're searching for a song or a soundtrack or whatever podcast will actually appear before hmm. the other things and so for example like my it episode did really well and i think it's because i released it around the time the movie came out and i think people were looking for the movie soundtrack in spotify hmm I don't know. And that's then they my, just
0: were like, I'll listen to a podcast instead.
1: May, I mean, I have cool cover art. Maybe <laughs> they, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, I I really don't know. It,
0: I, also, what is the soundtrack to it like? I don't know.
1: Probably just scary music, but I don't know. But I, I think that's the best thing I can come up so with. So you think this. there's
0: there's like a search thing happening on Spotify? I think maybe.
1: And I think that goes back to like, that's why it's so important for your cover art to be something that right. like stands out to people and why like your um, episode titles should be really descriptive um, it really helps in coming up in those kinds of searches.
0: Right. Okay. So you have other podcasts, though. I, do. I think you have like two more. I have like two and a three? half other podcasts. Is there? Didn't you just launch one?
1: Yeah. So my new one is uh, it's called Timeshare, and it okay. is about Children of Time, my favorite book of all time.
0: This is a, okay. That's not the one Stephen I always King book. No, it's right. it's the one I always talk about. All right. Yeah. So I'm not going to say
1: what it is because people are now warning me not to give people spoilers. But just let me just
0: a synopsis of
1: of the it's book. It's Very hard. So, um, it is an epic science fiction story about different kinds of creatures in different worlds that's all i really want to say who wrote it it? um it's by um what's his name adrian tchaikovsky okay um and he it's very weird because so my my co-host and i just started this podcast who's Um, your co-host my friend toby okay um He's one of my D&D friends. Yep. Um What's up Toby? <laughs> I will send him this episode. Um so uh I became obsessed with this book also through the Anchor Book Club. Um a bunch of us read it here and loved it. It's seriously who, the best who, book I've ever who read. Recommended so near found it randomly. Huh. Um I don't think he remembers where he came across it. Um and then uh I think it was me and Pat and Chris and maybe someone else. Oh, Jeff I think read it. Um but uh it's it is the most fun I've ever had reading a book and Anytime I find, find a book that I love, I tell everybody about it because I love when people Did you finish me. it? Yeah. Okay. I read I it in like a week. Oh, I wow. loved it and okay. it's super long. Um, <laughs>
0: I didn't know if you were like reading it and then podcasting it in real time oh, or no, no. talking so about we, it. So I read it like two years ago. Okay, okay, Toby it. finished
1: it months ago. But so the our, our thing is like – I so I convinced Toby to read it. He thought it sounded stupid because admittedly my synopsis of it maybe was not – <laughs> didn't do it justice um, but uh, he now has gotten all of his friends to read it and so we both now have these huge circles of people who have all read this book and are obsessed with it and it's such an interesting unique story that after people read it they want to talk about it mm. and so our format is every episode we're going to have a different friend who we made read it talk about what they thought huh. about the book it's also pretty divisive it's like it's a very weird like I think everyone enjoys reading it but I think how you feel about the concept and the mechanics is okay. very different um, I'm intrigued I'm intrigued yeah it's a wonderful book if you want to listen to the podcast we have the first seven minutes are spoiler free so we have like a clear spoiler warning but you can listen to it to like hear a little bit about the book Um, okay
0: yeah so all right so you've got wait what's what's the name of that podcast timeshare okay so you've got timeshare what else
1: so i also have a podcast about big brother that the, the tv show not the government uh conspiracy or whatever um my husband and i love big brother and we watch it every single year um if you haven't seen big brother The crazy thing about that show is that it's on three times a week for like four months over the summer. What? Yeah, and every episode is at least an hour long. Some episodes are two hours long. What channel is it on? It's on CBS.
0: Three times a week. mm,
1: But there's also a thing called um, – well, there's one called Big Brother After Dark, but there's another one that you can get that you can literally watch the 24-hour streams. And so there are people who sit on Reddit and like watch people in the house –
0: like there's 24/7. a camera in the house. Ha- there's
1: tons of cameras. And so you can oh, see God. everything they're doing. It's crazy. Um, but the show is really so good. Weird. I think it's the greatest reality TV show ever made. It's just got like the perfect.
0: Well, I, so I don't even really know what Big Brother is about. I've been hearing you talk about it for like Many seven years. years yeah. But... So
1: Big Brother was the original um, like unscripted reality TV show. Maybe second to Real World. I'm not what sure. What about
0: um, Survivor?
1: It was definitely before Survivor. Okay. Because I remember watching Big well, Brother yeah, when real, was real
0: World is is probably the original.
1: I think they were around the same time, but I just remember like Big Brother, I think, okay, Big Brother was definitely the first one where people are just like in a house with cameras, like there's not a, so it's like they're always being filmed. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing that's really amazing about Big Brother is I feel like all other reality shows rely so much on people like getting drunk and fighting in On big brother they're completely cut off from the outside world they have no phones or computers or internet or tv or anything
0: still to this day
1: i don't even think they can have books yeah so they're like completely (laughs) cut off and bored all day um they don't get any alcohol um and so the entire show becomes about like really deep low-level strategy and so
0: what what is what are they trying to do
1: so every week someone gets voted out of the house okay and at the end there are two people left and everyone who was voted out is now in the jury and they vote for who should win and i think they win like I don't know, half a million dollars or something. Um, But it's just so fascinating because it's first of all, it's this amazing kind of cross section of American culture because they'll get people like of different ages and from different states and different backgrounds. And so you're like really seeing like Americans that you don't always interact with, which I find really interesting. Um, And And it's funny to see them interact with each other.
0: (laughs) and And all it is is let's vote someone off.
1: Well, there's a lot more to it than that because it, every week someone is um, voted the head of household. Um,
0: that was, does that sorry, mean they're, they're, they're like voted. immune or something? The,
1: yeah. So, well, so the H.O.H. you become head of household by winning a competition. Okay. Then whoever wins H.O.H. gets to put two people up on the block, and then the rest of the people in the house vote for which of those two they want to vote out. Got
0: it. Um, so this is this is survive. Isn't that isn't Survivor I mean, the same Survivor, thing? But isn't that the same format?
1: It's Like there's a
0: competition and then you're, you have like immunity and
1: kind of, yeah, it's, it's a similar concept. Um, I think survivor, I never got super into survivor and I think it's because the strategy gets so overshadowed by people literally trying to survive. Like there's so much about like, Oh, we're cold, it's raining. And like in big (laughs) brother, they're just like, they they have these like crazy long conversations where it's like, okay, if this person wins H O H these people are going up and then we have to do this. Like they're always like constantly trying to adjust Mm. their strategy based on what's happening. And people form alliances, and then they turn on their alliances. Right. It's just, it's so good.
0: Okay, so you guys watch this show three times a week, yes. and you you talk about it, you yes. just analyze it sort of live, yeah. and or we, not live, but
1: we do. Um, we do one episode a week um, on on eviction night. So after the whole week has gone by, we'll like talk about everything that happened that week, um, and we drink a lot of wine while we're recording. Um, you know, it's yeah. since they can't. Since Right. And I think it's like, honestly, and that one also has gotten a surprising number of listeners. Oh yeah. my God, I don't know who these people are listening to, the podcast, <laughs> but the, um, the big brother one, um, we, for some reason, it seems very popular with like high school kids. Huh? I don't know why. Um,
0: and, and here, here I was thinking that high school kids don't even watch television. I
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. And so the coolest thing was so we just started doing this last season and, um, we got three I don't want to call them kids because I don't know how old they are. Three people who seem like kids who would call into our podcast every single week and give us their thoughts on what happened that week. And I think this just goes back to like how incredible the strategy of big brother is because, you know, my husband and I have specific opinions about what happened and who was right and being like mad or happy that someone got evicted. And then these three people call in and they all have their own opinions about like who they want to win and what's going on and who messed up that week. Um, It's just, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, it's very cool.
0: So the theme with your podcasts very clearly seems to be things in pop culture that you really admire and you I guess enjoy, so. Yeah. Um and you like talking about them. Yeah. And 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 knowing you, thinking, you know, I've known you for a while now, these these are things that you like talking about in the real world as well. Like not yeah. not in podcasts. So Totally. Um, there's a very clear lesson here, I think, which is just talk about the, if you want to start a podcast, just talk about the things you like talking see, about. See, in
1: it's honestly, it's just about being enthusiastic and being yourself. And I think that like, the more you can build these little communities by just like letting people know that it's okay to care about this thing, the right. more like the more committed they're going to be to your show and the more they're going to want to participate and help you keep it going. Right.
0: Do you have any other podcasts you're thinking about starting?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. There was just one yesterday. I, I think I have to stop starting podcasts because I'm like, I always joke about how I feel like um, like 10 or 15 years ago, I guess, I don't know, somewhere in there, the joke used to be that you would have an idea and you would turn it into a Tumblr. Yep. And I used to, I used to have like 20 tumblers, and now I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like this is what everyone does is now you have a stupid idea and you're like, I'm going to turn that into a podcast. Sure. Why not? Um, and it's, it's really fun. And I, I like that. Like on each of my podcasts, I get to hang out with different kinds of people. I really like that. I have an outlet to talk about this stuff that I love talking about. Um and it's also it's a cool like I don't have a lot of creative outlets. Um and it's nice like I've never done audio editing or production before and that's something that's been really fun for me to learn. Um and it's it's very rewarding to have these episodes Are,
0: out. are you doing everything in Anchor?
1: I do, um so I do like minor editing in Audacity. Okay. Um and so which is why, a frame. why not
0: anchor? This isn't like I I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah. Like what are you, I mean, what are you doing believe in Audacity? Me, I'm in charge of our product. I would love to make it
1: all happen in anchor. But what are you doing in Audacity so that I, you can't um, do in an Anchor? I so I for my big brother podcast, I do all the editing on mobile because I I don't care as much about like the um, the quality or making sure that like ums are taken out or those kinds of things. It's a much more casual podcast. Um, and I think it, it that works for that show. Um, for my new uh, Children of Time one and for my um, Dairy Connection one, because I have like you know, sort of, like, higher caliber guests and because I feel like I'm, I I don't know, it feels like they have to sound better. And so often with those, I'm recording with a microphone, I do it on the computer, um, and Anchor doesn't have editing tools built into the web um, tools yet. Um, And I also, I find Audacity is, like, I'm getting pretty good at, like, I only use like three buttons in Audacity, so I find it it's pretty easy mm-hmm. to use and it's really quick. Um, and I just figured out how to use labels in Audacity, and so now mm. it's even easier. Um, yeah.
0: Not to talk too much about uh, the product of Anchor, but do you find that your process inspires what you do here for the product, like your your, your podcasting process?
1: Yeah, I try to I try to stay um, I try not to do that too much because I realize I'm one person and like I know that my workflow isn't the same as everybody's, but I do feel like um, it's, it's really, I have this kind of cool um, visibility into like I hear directly from users about the things that they're struggling with. I have my own things that make it hard to podcast. Um, and so I do feel like those two things tend to be what I draw from when we're right. thinking about how to go about something. Um, but my whole goal is just like, I just want it to be easy to make a podcast. Yeah, everything totally. comes down to that. Um, so even though not everyone's workflow is the same, I think our goal is like whatever workflow you have, I want to get to the point where it's easy and it makes sense and it's quick. Right. I don't know how long it'll take, but.
0: What are you listening to? What podcasts?
1: Um. So I just um, I just listened to a couple episodes of Heavyweight that I think it's just one podcast of the year from somebody. It's a
0: Gimlet podcast. I
1: think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, Okay. How was that? Um, It's amazing. Huh? There was this one. What is it about? Um. From what I can understand, I think it's like people call him for advice on dealing with like. Um, like they're struggling with something in their life and they want him to help them get through mm. it. And there was this one amazing episode recently where this um, this weird kid called him and was basically like he just got kicked out of his house because he was weird to his roommates. And he also like, he used to go to his pizza place all the time and then they thought he was stealing a piece of pizza. It's like, it's a very weird specific thing, but it's this very heartwarming, like he really like helps this, you know, objectively weird guy, figure out how to acknowledge the stuff that he's going Hmm. through and get through it. It's just, it's just a really nice, like human story. Um, Another podcast that I've been really enjoying recently, um, which we were just talking about the other day is um, this podcast that's made on anchor called how to song. Oh, I'm like yeah obsessed it's amazing with it. it's amazing <laughs> it is so cool <laughs> yes. this guy he's so funny and all of the episodes are st- they're like short. so they're really yeah. easily digestible and he's just like one of those I am not musical so I'm always very impressed by people who can like make up songs on the mm-hmm. spot um, but every one of his episodes has a different theme um, le- he just had one about like writing holiday mu- right. like holiday jingles um, it's really good look cool. it up how to song
0: did you listen to homecoming
1: Homecoming. I That's another to Gimlet.
0: Like, Speaking of a Gimlet podcast, I think
1: I heard one or two episodes of it. Um, I, the show came out right.
0: Yeah. So I haven't listened to the podcast. I want to listen to the podcast because I watched the show and it was incredible. Really? It was so good. Maybe I will watch um, the show. Yeah. Really, really good. So
1: I find um like fiction podcasts hard to listen to. Me too. Like I'd rather read a yeah.
0: book. Yeah. Yeah, me too.
1: I know some people like really swear by them. Um, but yeah, I don't know.
0: Cool. This has been awesome. Thank you, Maya. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, and um. Thank you for being on the podcast thank
1: you for letting me talk about my podcast all right see ya bye
0: cool and there you have it folks maya prohovnik vp of product at anchor and podcaster of a bunch of podcasts go subscribe to dairy connection rate it review it uh subscribe anywhere that you get your podcasts and if you haven't already subscribed to background noise this podcast that you're listening to right now uh, you can hear it everywhere and um and if you really like it give it a thumbs up or a review or a clap or however you want to show some love i would appreciate it have a great day i'll see you next time thanks